Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I would like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series entitled, How Tech Informs Compliance to Create Business Efficiency. In this five-part podcast series, I had the chance to speak with the team at GAN, including Thomas Sehested, founder and CEO of GAN, Valerie Charles, Chief Strategy Officer of GAN, and Peter Chang, Head of Customer Service. GAN offers a one-stop shop for compliance technology. Before I interviewed them, I really had no idea that the platform was as comprehensive as it is. They have a truly connected platform that is transforming the way compliance teams function. GAN has an interesting story, having started as a compliance consultancy in Europe in 2004. During their work with global organizations, they realized there was an opportunity to create a new type of technology platform, and they have done just that. Today, GAN works with top companies across the globe and is growing rapidly. They're thinking about compliance in a whole new light, solving critical problems the industry has had for years. I enjoyed getting to know the GAN team better, and I hope you do too. For more information on GAN, check out their website, www.ganintegrity.com. Over this podcast series, we will consider how the effective use of technology can drive not only a more effective, operationalized compliance program, but make your business more efficient. Check out GAN's website, our sponsor for this podcast series, for more information. In this part four, I visit with Peter Chang, head of customer success at GAN, on GAN's approach to customer success and how it acts towards continuous improvement of a best practices, fully operationalized compliance program. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm back for another episode in How Tech Informs Compliance to Create Business Efficiency. Today, I have with me Peter Chang. Peter is a head of customer success at GAN Integrity. Peter, first of all, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Tom. Peter, when I talk to chief compliance officers or even hear them speak at events, uh, they always emphasize that execution is where the rubber meets the road. That is where uh, they are judged, uh, perhaps for a compensation basis, but also it's how they're judged internally in their organizations. Do they execute upon their compliance program? And it seems to me that really you're uniquely suited to uh, to see how that would work and help compliance officers do that. So I wanted to ask, what do you see as some of the biggest hurdles facing compliance teams today? Well, that's a great point, Tom. And uh, I would definitely agree with you on that execution is, you know, the other half or 50% of the program. And, um, you know, we spend a lot of time here, again, focused on implementation, but that's only part of it. Once the program is live and in place, uh, there's a ton of work that that's required to fully execute and execute properly. So, you know, I can give you an example where, you know, we have customers where they have, um, you know, metrics and uh, they need to uh, close cases within 60 days, 70 days, 80 days. And in order to um, fulfill those SLAs, they need to be able to, you know, go into the system and be able to report on things and have these metrics set up for, you know, for their execution making sure that um, people are doing the things that they need to, investigators are doing the things that they need to, and, and, and closing out the cases as required by their SLA programs. In order to meet those deadlines, they must, must continuously revisit those, uh, those points and making sure that they're executing properly. Uh, if you were sitting across the table from someone like myself, who oh. as a compliance professional 
came from uh, general counsel's office. I'm a lawyer, have a legal training, really have no tech background. Uh, I can uh, usually type in Word, but that may be the extent of it. What What would you really suggest someone like myself look for in a technological solution and then maybe take it up to uh, someone uh, in that same position who's more sophisticated than just a word processing aficionado like myself? Yeah, so I think there's um, there's a few things and technology has come a long way, especially in this area of compliance. So, um, you know, the ability to automate a lot of the things that um, that people uh, tend to do you know, pre- in previous years um, is something that I would definitely um, preach for anybody that's in the space to be able to do. Not only would, would it help with, um, with, with, um, with keeping things consistent, be able to have real measurable um, data with, uh, with an automated program, but just makes things easier. Compliance programs these days um, are just about every compliance program that we see, and they're understaffed. There's uh, always resourcing constraints and budget issues. So being able to kind of tie all of that into some sort of automation is something that I would definitely um, definitely suggest to anybody that's coming in and trying to learn um, how to automate their particular programs. Um, you know, putting compliance at the forefront, you know, kind of reporting to the board. These are kind of important things that we need to, to consider when we're building out a, uh, a compliance program for a lot of the, uh, the customers that we deal with uh, today. So one of the things that compliance officers really ask a lot of questions about is uh, they get a report, they get some numbers, but they're not data scientists. And they, they're not really sure what that data might mean. How would you suggest a compliance officer begin to think through what does the data mean? Or is that something that you could help them with? So one of the things that, that we do when we implement a, uh, a project here again is that we, uh, we actually work backwards and figure out the type of metrics that the team will eventually report on uh, later on once the system is live. So being very clear on what we're capturing in terms of reporting, um, the type of uh, data that they will need in order to execute and run their program on a day-to-day basis, ensuring that there's management reports that look at things, not at, you know, at an individual you know, a transaction level, but kind of rolled up in a state where they can see the big picture are crucial parts of keeping a, a program successful. And, um, and of course, because we capture so many different points of data and we have different connected modules and there's just all sorts of stuff going on with whether it's third party supplier training or due diligence or case plan and hot management, you know, the data, there's tons and tons of data. And so being very clear on doing that is imperative and making sure that the program is successful. And we spend a lot of time in the beginning of the project, making sure that we tease all of that out, making sure that everything is clear and concise. Peter, you uh, have used this phrase a couple of times, and I wanted to really focus in on it. Uh, what does it mean to take the GAN approach? One of the most critical factors when implementing a technology is uh, ensuring that uh, once the solution is deployed, that there's adoption uh, of the software. And that basically means continued and expanded use of, of the software. So the GAN approach kind of encompasses not just the, you know, the implementation part of the, uh, the project where, you know, we, we uh, you know, we help the customer put together the program in the software and, 
and um, bring them live, right, so that they can use the software. But also making sure that there's account management and that there's training and there's continued adoption in the software. And we do that by ensuring that there's a single point of contact on the account um, that doesn't change. So we have a customer success manager that's assigned to every account, and they are responsible for the relationship with the account, not just from an account management perspective, but also ensuring that um, that there's any questions uh, with the product, if there's any training needs that, we, that they need, because customers, you know, uh, people will change roles and people will move in and out of the, out of the company. New people will come in, they'll, they'll need training on the platform itself, what was done previously, um, for that particular role. So our uh, our point of contact here will always stay stable to ensure that that, uh, that that training takes place, that new people that come into the organization uh, understand what was built and how to use the system properly so that it can continue to uh, spread the gospel, if you will, on their end. Peter, you said something there that uh, really struck me, and that's uh, used this phrase several times, continuous adoption. And it's, and I don't want to say you partner with your customers, but it sounds like you really help to work with the customers, not simply just the, on the implementation of the solution, but how the solution and the customer can grow and expand uh, the compliance uh, component or the compliance work that that tool is doing. Would that be a fair statement? Absolutely. And that's something that we strive to do because one of the things that um, – you know, we, we, we definitely try to make sure that um, we have a 100% retention rate. In order to be able to aim for something like that is to making sure that we stay relevant within the organization. So one of the things that, you know, we know not to do really is to deploy a piece of software and leave, right? And just say, basically, you're kind of off on your own. You can do whatever you want with it. And uh, that's something that we work very hard to ensuring that we have continued coverage and support, not only from the software level, also from the account level and partnering with them to ensure that as their compliance program grows, that we right size the program for them. So um, in cases where, you know, we have cases where we start with medium sized companies who may, you know, who, who may grow into bigger and bigger you know, compliance due diligence, com compliance due diligence may become a bigger part of their program. And in those cases, we may help them right size the program by making sure that if there's higher risk vendors um, may may need uh, additional viewings or additional reports that that the software is configured properly so that they can uh, get the additional reports that they need. And this is all part of continuously working with the customers and partnering with them to ensure that their programs are right sized. I really find that fascinating, Peter, because under uh, the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program, guidance released by the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission, continuous improvement is a requirement. And I think most people are aware that uh, the basic steps to get continuous improvement, but you guys really seem to have taken it to a completely different level where you're garnering continuous improvement by working for, from your perspective with a customer or perhaps if I was sitting across the table from you with a vendor to actually continuously improve uh, the compliance program. So that, that's a really uh, a fascinating insight. Yeah, no, and that's something that um, doesn't always come very easy. I think for some of our customers, um, they, uh, they actually um, – 
want to um, improve on their program. So, it, so, in, so some customers is easier than others, whereas others, I think it requires a little bit more education, you know, that um, they do need to be right-sized and that there are other um, benefits and functions and, you know, whether it's within the software or through a partner or through one of their own partners that we're not working with um, to help them improve the program. So we've, um, we've worked with other customers who, uh, who's uh, been under monitorship from the uh, Justice Department and uh, we work with them to help them right-size their programs and it has nothing to do with you know, the software itself. So it's really working at the needs of the customers and what's, uh, what's meaningful and valuable for the customers at that point in time. Peter, I must say, uh, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I must say I now understand why your title is Head of Customer Success. Uh, this, this has just been a fascinating exploration, and thank you again for taking the time to visit with me. Thank you so much, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the special five-part podcast series on how tech informs compliance to create business efficiency, sponsored by GAN Integrity. I hope you'll join me again for another episode tomorrow. This five-part podcast series on how tech informs compliance to create business efficiency has been a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.